This is Isaac Morehouse. Welcome to the podcast where we discuss education, entrepreneurship, big ideas, how to put them into practice in the real world, and above all, how to live free. I want to talk for a minute about economics as self-help. And this is something that I think is infused in a lot of what we talk about on this podcast and a lot of what I've written about over the years, kind of a, a worldview that I have, but I haven't explicitly put it in those terms. I just saw a blog post by one of our listeners, Phil Gross, and he referenced um, the new book that I wrote with Mitchell Earl, Don't Do Stuff You Hate, and he dis- he described it as using economics as a way to improve your life. And I thought that was really interesting because there's nothing in the book that's explicitly or very little says the word economics or very much about it. But I come from a economics background. That's really what I dug into and studied the most. And I love the economic way of thinking. And the way he put that so explicitly kind of inspired me to lay out my take on economics as self-help. So here we go. To me, the core of economic thinking, what the study of economics is and what makes it different from every other discipline. It's different from all of the natural sciences and sort of the hard sciences because the subject matter is human beings and their willful actions. So that makes it even different from like biology or you know medicine where the subject matter may be human beings, but it's their systems and uh, physical attributes, it doesn't have to do with their conscious, purposeful action. So that puts economics in a category with a bunch of other social sciences, history, sociology, etc. The thing that makes economics unique to those, again, is this methodology, this approach. It's the underlying assumption that individual human beings are the unit of study, the individual actor, and we are studying their purposeful action, their purposeful, rational action. So we are assuming that individual humans at any moment they make a choice are choosing based on their own rational self-interest. In other words, they are utility maximizers. They are choosing to minimize things they dislike and maximize things they like in every setting based on the costs and benefits there. Economics does not assume that they are even consciously aware of these costs and benefits. It does not assume that utility is calculated in anything other than a uh, ordinal sense. Like, I know I prefer steak to hamburgers, but it's not like I have a number that steak is 10 and hamburgers are 8, right? That's Those are not assumptions built into economics. People might play around with those, but that's, that's not what at, what's at its core. It's really this rational choice assumption. And why this is so powerful and why this leads to, I think, economics as self-help, thinking this way, is it helps you understand actual causal relationships and more successfully navigate the world, work with other people and with yourself. So what happens when you force yourself to make the assumptions that economics makes, that people are rational and they're acting on their own in order to maximize their own self-interest in a way that from their standpoint is rational. It doesn't mean that what they value is good or bad. There's no moral judgment involved. This removes the morality from the equation. And it doesn't even mean that they might not change their mind later, but given what they value, they're acting rationally. So understanding that everything is, is 
you know, uh, cost benefit equation, it removes from the table the ability to say, oh, that person's crazy. Oh, that person just hates me. Oh, that person, they're doing things that are irrational. There's no way I could discern any pattern. There's no cause. There's nothing, you know, they hate us for our freedom or whatever, just these giant catch-alls that basically stop all analysis, stop all understanding, and stop all ability to do anything about it dead in its tracks because they say, this person can't be reasoned with. They can't be incentivized to change. They can't be, they're just plain crazy and irrational. Economics does not let us do that. And that's the first step to improving your own life, realizing that you can't just say, that person hates me, they're evil, and then be done with it. Whether or not they're evil, maybe you'll never be able to answer that question, but they're rational. There's a reason, given their own internal logic, that they did what they did. So, given, these are the things that are givens. People's preferences, the information they have, and the incentives they have. So, so given a certain set of preferences and a certain amount of information, and what information, and certain incentives, people are going to act the way that they act. Let me, let me see if I can clarify that. Okay, so we're assuming rational choice. That means when I see a behavior, I come out to my car and I see that someone has slashed my tires. If I'm going to assume rational choice, I have to then say, all right, this person must have a set of preferences that values something that results from slashing tires. Maybe the act itself, they value uh, being rebellious, breaking the law somehow. Maybe someone, they value money and someone paid them to do it. Someone else who doesn't like me for some reason or doesn't want me to be to a meeting on time. I don't know, but they have preferences that would say, given the information they have and the incentives that they face, their highest valued activity, according to their own preferences, at that time was to slash my tires. Now, if I frame it that way, it forces me to start to get a little bit of progress on understanding what's going on. Okay, what information did they have? Maybe they were told if they didn't slash my tires, something even worse would happen to them. Maybe that information is true, maybe it's false. What incentives did they face? Were they threatened? Were they offered the prospect of reward? Or was it simply that they kind of think screwing around with people's property is funny and there was no disincentive, the costs were very low. There was no security cameras, very little chance of getting caught. So given those incentives, they acted in this way and given their preferences and the information that they had. Once you understand it's all about preferences, information, and incentives, this is what the, the, goes into the mix of rational people choosing what they do instead of choosing something else. So once you realize that, all actions that you run into in the world are now revealing. They're not things that happen and happen to you and make you feel good or bad. They are all opportunities to learn, to understand the world better. Interesting, everyone's getting into the left lane much earlier than they need to. Instead of just saying, that pisses me off because it's unnecessary and it makes me unable to get, you know, over when I need to get over, blah, 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 to say, there's something I can learn from this. Given everyone's preferences and the information that they have and the incentives that they face, they have all determined that getting into the left lane earlier than necessary is beneficial, is preferable to doing something else. Why? I wonder what's going on here. And that's where the real insight starts to come. So, when you run into someone who you think is always, you know, sabotaging you at work, for example, if you say, I'm not just going to say, oh, they're evil. 
I'm going to say they're rationally self-interested. So they have some set of preferences. Maybe it's to have a higher pay and more prestige at work. And they have information. Maybe they think from the information, the things that they've learned throughout life, that the only way to get that is a zero-sum possibility where someone else has to lose. And they have incentives that would say, um, if I lose, then it's going to benefit them more than if some other guy, you know, Stan, loses. So they're trying to make me lose given those preferences for more money and prestige, the information they have, which they think it's zero sum, and the incentives they face, which are that there's a higher payoff for making me lose than someone else, whatever. Now that I know that, I can attempt to alter the information they have, the incentives they have. I don't know that I'm going to be able to alter their preferences. This is a deeper conversation, but I think in some ultimate sense, everyone has sort of a final preference curve that underlie, that really is the defining essence of who they are. What makes you unique as a human being, I think is your preference, is your your preference curve in economic speaks, is what actually brings you happiness or utility. You may not even know that yourself. You're always trying to figure it out. Sometimes you can deceive yourself, whatever, but discovering happiness, what makes you come alive is really discovering what your inborn preference curve is. Some people would never be happy doing something. Some people would, Um, but I think you have some sort of core preference curve, but I don't know that you can change that, but you can change. People have preferences, information, incentives. You can change information and incentives. So when you understand Given the information they have and the incentives they face, they believe that sabotaging your project is the best way to help them achieve what they want, which is money and prestige. So you know this now. Now you can try to provide them with new information or try to change the incentive structure so that you can create a scenario in which they see very clearly that they can get more prestige or money by doing something that helps you, that doesn't sabotage you. You can change the information Um, by meeting with them or even change the cost benefit calculation. You have lunch with them. You're really nice to them. Now you've raised the cost to them being rude to you because now they're going to feel kind of bad about it because you've created, right? So if you see the world this way, economics helps you navigate even interpersonal situations, but that's not all. It helps you understand yourself better. It helps you not just deal with others, but deal with yourself. So, Given that you are acting rationally to maximize your own utility and assess the costs and benefits involved, you can look at your own life and say, okay, why do I keep doing things that I don't want to do? I keep eating too much junk food. Well, if I'm a rational chooser, I must be putting myself in situations where my preference for long-term health has a really high cost to, to act in a way to maximize that and the benefits seem low and my preference for sweet tasting food has a very low cost and a very high um, payoff. So I must be putting myself in incentive structures that are rewarding something that I don't want to reward. So rather than feeling crappy about the fact that I keep eating Snickers, I understand I'm a rational chooser. So I'm putting myself in incentive structures that are bringing this result about. Not like you don't have free will, but understanding that you can change those incentives or you can change the information and say, let me just really dive in and learn about what sugar does to my body. And now this new information has increased the cost. The information change can change the incentives. Now I I think about all the horrible things that can happen if I eat too much sugar and the cost of eating that sugar has dramatically gone up. 
So I can try to alter my information and my incentives so that my actions are more in line with kind of my ultimate preferences, not just my sort of short term, um, you know, path of least resistance, but what I really ultimately want by altering the costs and benefits, by changing the information and incentives that I face. And I think if you put on this economic lens, it removes all of the moralizing, not that morality doesn't exist, but it removes the guilt, the shame, the I ought to be the kind of person who wants this. I should be, oh, people should treat me fairly. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. If you ought to, or it's just going to make you feel crappy at your for your, at yourself when you're not the person you think you ought to be, and angry and bitter at others when they don't behave the way you think they should. Instead, just say, it "Doesn't matter what I ought to be. I am the type of person where if you put me in a room where everybody's having a donut and having a fun time talking about it, the costs and benefits, the incentives in that environment are going to be such that I'm going to eat a donut as well." I don't want to long-term keep eating donuts, so I need to change the incentives that I face. There's nothing bad about me that I'm that way. That's just a fact of reality. It's like saying if I drop a rock from the roof and it falls and someone's below it, it hits them on the head, the rock is not a bad rock. It's behaving in accordance with the laws, the, the sort of external environment, the incentives that it faced. There's a causality there. And if I understand myself in that way, I have the ability to change that incentive structure, that information to alter the cost and benefits that I face in my own life, alter the environments, the institutional settings I put myself in. I've written before about if you hate something and don't believe something, if there's something that violates your core beliefs, don't trust yourself to just stand up and resist it. Don't put yourself in situations and institutional settings that reward violating that. If you hate waste and inefficiency and bureaucracy and find it fundamentally uh, horrible, don't go work for an organization that rewards that. Don't take money from a government body. If they offer you a grant for a million dollars, don't take it if you know that it's going to reward the very things that you despise and you don't want in your own culture, your organizational culture. So understanding that you're a rational chooser and so is everyone else, that you're going to maximize your own utility and so is everyone else, minimize cost, increase benefits, Based on your preferences, which you're always in a, in a constant um, process of trying to better discover sort of your ultimate preferences, given the information you have and the incentives you have, that opens the world up to you and helps you treat life more like a game of possibility and play that we've talked about a lot in this podcast and say, I don't need to just get angry that people do things that I don't like. I can say, interesting, those are rational choosers who they must face some really bizarre incentives that would cause them to think this was the best thing for them to do. What are those incentives? How can I understand them? Can I alter them? Can I provide new information? What are their preferences? Maybe they have a preference for something and they lack the information to show them the causality. Maybe they have a preference to, you know, get a great job and they don't lack, they lack the information to show them that the best way to get a great job is to create value. So instead they are trying to chase some other thing, you know, prestige or resume or whatever, because they believe that will lead to their preference. But that, that's just a, an information problem. So, oh, people are so dumb. They just, you know, build up, pad their resumes and then apply for a job. Ha ha ha, what idiots. I mean, calling them idiots doesn't do anything. People are rational. They want a good job and they lack the information to see the causal relationship between a value proposition and obtaining that job. So they're acting on, given their information, the most rational course of action. So once you see the world that way, it becomes full of possibility, opportunity, play, and even you see yourself that way, 
and you become a project that you can work on and work with. That is how economics, to me, is one of the most powerful forms of self-help in the world.